Hello, we're back with another episode of The Underpaid and The Underqualified. We made it. We're halfway through 2020. You stoked, Ja? Yes, most definitely. I am excited to see what's going to happen in this second half. Whether if we're going to have a zombie apocalypse or if bugs will mutate and eat our brains instead. Oh, and that fungus thing that like infects insects that makes them become zombies will infect humans or not. Basically, Last of Us, the video game, but in real life. Mm, hasn't even been a minute we've talked about infecting zombies with fungus. All right. <laughs> I am uh, all hope and optimism. 2020 already had such nice things in store. I'm sure that it'll be no shortage of just great things in our future. But who knows? Maybe it'll be like a yin-yang. Maybe June, January through June was just absolute shit, and July through December is going to be just like redemption, you know? Bro, we're like close to having war again with China. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we always been though? <laughs> it was kind of quiet. The disease made it that, that aspect of current events a little bit quiet, and then um, yeah, China decided to kick a few nests here and there, and I'm if, just like, all right. If they let us uh, post that movie, that Seth Rogen movie, the interview, that was China, right? <laughs> I can't remember. That was, no, that was Korea. Oh, I was shit. like, that's North Korea, bro. <laughs> Whoops. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that, that war with China could break out anytime. I'm sure. The only crutch that I had that we're not going to go to war with China is that they let us post that movie, The Interview. And apparently that wasn't even China, so. <laughs> Never mind that. Moving on, how's your week, Vince? Uh, besides making myself look very culturally ignorant in these extremely sensitive times, uh, it's all right. I um, finished that show, Hannibal. Um, oh, shit, how was that? Uh, you know, it was okay. It was, like, I think... For maybe like a hardcore horror fan or like if you're a big fan of the franchise and the books you might like it but i was a little annoyed by certain things like the main character you're familiar with him right will graham yes yeah. uh i've seen one and a half seasons yeah so he's a little dramatic to the point where it annoyed me i remember like the first episode he's like the first time he meets hannibal hannibal's the psychiatrist who's you know not yet known that he's like a you know cannibal who's killing everyone and Hannibal just makes a few observations on Will Graham, and then Will Graham just has this moment where he's like, his like eyes get widened, and like he's just like, who is he analyzing? Is he analyzing me? It's just like he's like that the entirety of the show. It's just I don't know. It got a little exhausting. It felt kind of like more theatrical rather than realistic. And I thought it was going to be a more realistic version of how you know a cannibal could be actually like hiding as a psychiatrist and like manipulating everyone so i don't know it was just a little more theatrical than i liked but uh the ending i thought was kind of cool um apparently they were they wanted it to go seven seasons they wanted it to introduce uh clarice because this is like a prequel to the silence of the lambs so like later seasons they were going to introduce clarice in the silence of the lambs story and whatnot but uh got canceled three seasons in yeah, so I definitely would praise Mads Mikkelsen's uh, portrayal of Hannibal in this series, which is really great. Uh, basically, he played the person that's like, I'm the smartest person in the room. I am suave. And yeah, it, it really, he did a good job with that. And I have to kind of defend the, uh, was Will Graham, that's his name. Yeah, his uh, portrayal is just because, well, he has issues. He has a lot, he has a few mental issues in there. So yeah. That, that he, that's why he's going to have to be portrayed a little funny and a little bit theatrical, I would say, just because it's a little hard to portray a person that's a high-functioning person with so many different mental illnesses. Well, he has like two or three major ones. Yeah, I get that. I think it's fair. But uh, at the same, I don't know. At the same time, I think like his style of theatric wasn't necessarily like I have issues. It was just like, 
theatrical to the point where he was always on. Like it didn't, it never felt like he had like a human moment, I guess. And I guess that's why uh, Hannibal would like take advantage of somebody with mental issues like that. So I do know for myself that I, I do enjoy the Hannibal series. I do enjoy the movies. It's just a little difficult to follow the TV show because it is a little slow. The pacing is, it's a mature, I mean, minus the part where the guy eats people. <laughs> It's definitely a little mature show where you really have to sit down, buckle down to watch it as opposed to you can't have it playing in the background because there's a lot of scenes where oftentimes I like to play things in the background. There's dialogue. There's a lot of scenes where it doesn't really come with dialogue and it's really just actions and like they portray serial killers as almost artists. Yeah, pretty much. There's like this cult of cannibals that like all respect each other. <laughs> like there's one scene where Hannibal's like caught with like in the like grasp of this other cannibal and the cannibal's describing what he's going to do to him and Hannibal's just like, oh, that sounds nice. Okay. And he like actually seems legitimately stoked. It's like they appreciate each other's work. Yeah. So it's like in that sense, it's and especially when they go through a lot of scenes when they're looking at bodies, it's a little different. So that's why it's I have a hard time getting back into it. And even though it's on Netflix, and it's a lot more easily accessible for me now. I'm just super lazy about it. Yeah, I don't know. It it does have slow moments though. I think it like like watching it, there were for sure it, it really like leads into the psychological thriller aspect where there's a lot of like like mental, like weird dramatic stuff that happens. But uh then occasionally there'll be a fight scene that's pretty cool. Like did you see the uh fight scene? You probably saw the fight scene between Lawrence Fishburne and uh Mads Mickelson, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I don't know. There's a few good fight scenes like that. But uh, you probably don't want me to spoil it, how it ends, right? Uh, maybe not for this, just because I'm still on the fence of, like, how do I want to continue it? Just because it's not as easy as, like, oh, I'm playing Destiny still. Well, not as much as this week. But um, I want something to play in the background. It's a little difficult to play this particular show in the background versus, like, people replaying The Office or me replaying Community. Yeah, funny enough, I just started watching The Office. <laughs> I'm, I'm on- surprised that you're only just starting. Then again, I'm I only just started to- last year. I never got it before. I always thought it was super slow and boring. And I remember I watched the first episode before and I thought, this is what everyone's obsessed with. I don't fucking understand it. And then, I mean, it was okay, but it was just dry and kind of like, like literally like being in an office. I'm like, I already have to do this. Why do I want to see this on TV? But yeah, it's one of those things where you can relate to it. Then you can totally understand the nuances. So like Parks and Rec, I was able to jump into it instantly because I had direct work experience in that field. True, but Parks and Rec to me at least like looked more animated. People looked more interesting, and I think both the thing, the thing, the mistake I made with The Office before was that everyone says the first season sucks <laughs> for the most part, except like the diehards. And I only watched the first episode, so I'm gonna try to watch all 201 episodes, even if I don't actually enjoy it. <laughs> but I'm expecting it to get better because everyone. I mean, it's just like unanimous. Everyone loves it, so I'm like, okay, I have to like this at a certain point, or else. I don't know. Well, it also, the thing is that the first season really follows the British humor, and that's the thing, is that, like, I'm watching, was it IT Crowd? Oh, you're um, watching that now? Oh, that's funny. I watched a couple episodes just because I was like, all right, I'm going to give this another shot just because I'm, like, working in that field now. And because I uh, recommended it. That's that's mostly why you're watching it, right? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, you definitely have brought it up a few times. So then I'm like, all right, I would give it another shot. And it's it's a little harder to watch just because it's – well, one's a little bit on the older side. It's really, it's really uh, exaggerating, cartoony, right? Yeah, it's really like the humor is definitely not with current times, if that makes sense. So it's like if the way that like the punchline is delivered, it's a little bit not as current times as opposed to it's more definitely. If this show came out 
Wait, when did the show come out? Like 2004, five, something like that. Oh yeah, I know. So it's definitely timely, like during that era of the, that kind of humor. And so, especially it's British. British has a different taste of humor. So I could see why, like, I didn't get into it before, and it's a little bit harder for me to get into it now. Yeah, I think it doesn't necessarily hold up as well as some other shows. I think, um, to me, it's almost like, this might sound sacrilege to say, but it kind of reminded me, at least the first couple seasons, reminded me of, like, a British Big Bang Theory. <laughs> like, at least in terms of, the like, just how cartoony and exaggerated the characters were, and, and just, um, I don't know, just, like, both dealing with nerds and jokes aren't too far apart, but I think in later seasons, it kind of gets its own, it kind of deviates from that a little bit. So first, I think the first season is a little rough, but later it's, seasons are better. It's like watching a variety show. That's what it feels like. And in that kind of humor, it's like, okay, well, it takes, it's like, I get why it's funny. I get why people are laughing, but I just don't find it funny. Or I don't yeah. find it like, ha ha funny. How far did you get though? like one episode <laughs> oh there you go okay yeah if you watch later seasons i bet like i found the later seasons a lot better too and i think it's one of those things where you like the characters like richard ayoade um what's his character moss like moss is like the most likable guy ever how does anyone like not like that guy which one's moss is he the black one or the white yeah black one with the glasses oh he's the black one okay i keep saying he should be the new doctor who which i know means nothing to you because you don't watch doctor who <laughs> i, I still need to watch those angel episodes yeah yeah you gotta watch a lot of stuff. I think. All right, you know play. what? I'm gonna play that angel episode later as I am stream- playing my game later. All right, sounds good. Um, what was I gonna say? But uh, yeah, I think honestly, I, I, if you're looking for like a comedy show, that other show I told you, Peep Show, I think is way better. I think that one holds up way better. And like, you, like I showed any friend I've showed it to has laughed. So Wait, where is it viewed on? How do I watch it? Uh, Amazon Prime. I sent oh, okay. you. I sent you a clip. Do you remember? It's the one where the guy's yeah, in the job interview. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, All right. So, how's your week, <laughs> That was, I feel like, a long spiel about my week. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're talking a little bit too much about TV shows and Vince's <laughs> week right now. <laughs> we should probably allocate more time elsewhere. Um, we, we should just change our podcast to be about TV shows. <laughs> my week, what has my week been? It's been pretty, like, work has been picked up, and it's one of those things where it's like, dang, I want to retire. When do you not want to retire, though? <laughs> Dude, not going to lie, I started a retirement countdown like the last quarter of college and people are like, what the heck is wrong with you? And I'm like, you have no idea how much I hate work. I mean, that's pretty smart. I think you're ahead of things. I mean, no, it's not really that. It's more just like a mental thing. And it's just like, screw everything. <laughs> I'm done with the work. Well, um, even if the motivation is not good, I think that's good. Cause nobody, I mean, how many people our age think about that? Do you feel like, you know, a lot of people are thinking about that? At least the, my circle of friends, not so much. <laughs> my circle of friends. Yes. My immediate close circle of friends. Yes. Um, so it's, some people are definitely like wrestling with the idea of like, okay, what do I want to do to make myself happy? What is a career? But a lot of them really are focusing on like, man, I'm worried about retirement. I'm worried about like how much I'm saving. I was told that I should have like this much in my bank account at this age, but that's only one like analyst. Um, yeah. And definitely with the Bay area, uh, some of our like peers, they're a little more gun ho about saving money or like not gun ho, but they're more aggressive on what they do and it's like you just make a lot of money and i hate you <laughs> yeah you it's can nuanced. Tell, you can often tell by a person's instagram if they're a software engineer i can feel like just by the amount of like trips they go on the amount of like shit they're doing every weekend yeah i know it makes me wonder sometimes it's like where does your money come from anyways 
And I almost try not to ask some people sometimes just because I don't want to know. <laughs> I legit want to see people's spreadsheets, balance sheets, whatever budget, and just see like what what are you doing that I'm doing that's wrong? Yeah, Anyways. There's nothing more poisoning than when you see someone who's not working as hard, who has like a higher paying job and like, isn't as smart. Who's like killing it. That's, that's like the most demotivating thing that makes it so hard to go back to your job. You know? So I did have a former coworker. Um, he'd always talk about his sexual exploits at work and I'm just, and he's always just like by 2 PM, he's, he's a sales rep and he's like by 2 PM. He's like, hit all my goals, hit all my numbers. Number one performer. I'm gonna call it a day, guys, and start talking about like what he did last, who he did last night. Sounds like and every it, salesperson I've met. And it, it just becomes like, how are you successful? I make more than you, and even with commission, I make more than you. How do you live the life that you live? And I'm confused. Hmm. You know how much he makes? <laughs> uh, I learned that I make more than like the ent- a lot of the entry level salespeople, and he was an entry level person, so that's why. Ah, okay. Uh, at least that much. I, out of other people, I'm like, uh, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, enough of my bo- Oh, yeah. I just play a lot. I tried to play a lot of Destiny, but this week was a lot of errands, stuff like that. Uh, work. Pretty boring. Any TV shows that I watch that was interesting? Not really. Been watching YouTube. Oh, the two YouTube channels that I've been watching religiously are Comic Storian and Infographics. I have not heard of either of these. All right. Comic Storian for people who wonder why I know so much about comics. It's basically, if you don't have time to read comics and you can't afford the newest issue every day or every week, listen to this man. He summarizes a lot of the mainstream uh, timelines and such like that and recaps a few of the stories. So it's great listening in the background, especially as I'm playing the video games. Uh, Infographics, basically, it's like, all right, here's a ton of facts about like, all right, what happened in World War II, like this famous person that did this crazy exploit or like, all right, different like... Uh, fun facts and stuff like that and they make like a whole segment a whole show about like 10 minutes 15 minutes sometimes they may have a compilation stuff that may be an hour long jeez i just looked at the channel looks pretty well done but there's there's a few other uh channels like like that that like go in depth on comics and stuff i remember i saw one about daredevil uh born again because i knew that was going to be used in the third season of daredevil before it came out you know there's definitely a few um uh, channels I do follow, but Comic Storm is my favorite, just the presentation. They also did like this really thing that I really liked was um, they combined two different uh, board games to make their own D&D version of uh, DC Comics. So like superhero, uh, Superman, Batman stuff. And it was super fun to listen to in the background. Uh, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, uh, out over here. Yeah, there's also um, shoot, this is another YouTuber named Rob. Um, he has his whole he branded his name as part of like a whole thing like you know Green Lantern Corps mm, no okay so Green Lantern Corps Green Lanterns is this comics explained yeah comics explained oh yeah I've seen this guy a bunch yeah he's cool but like I follow some of his stuff I also follow is it uh, variant comics as well there's definitely also like a one or two here and there I don't listen to because I'm like dude you're full of shit and you're just you're so self-absorbed Really? Him? No, no, not, not them. Not them. Oh, uh, other people. There's another one that's called Geekdom 101, and he does Oh, yeah, that. I watched that. I only watched it for uh, his Dragon Ball Z coverage, but... Okay, he has some pretty solid Dragon Ball Z stuff, but then the more I listen to some of his content, the more I realize, wow, a lot of your stuff is really clickbaity, or it's, it doesn't... So, like, the people that I follow, they always make fun of, like, yeah, I purposely made that title just to get you a click this, but then when 
I listen to Geekdom 101, his content is like, you kind of, it's like, oh, we had this interview with this uh, uh, artist from Dragon Ball and get his take. And his take really got nowhere. It was just like, I'm not involved in this. So therefore, oh, it was like the Broly interview. And pretty much uh, to summarize the entire interview was, I was not involved in this. So that's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> and he spent 10 minutes explaining that. Yeah. He could, yeah. I get it though. I mean, if his thing was Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball's not on, he's got to like, and he's, he kind of used that as a main source of income. He's got to, I guess, try to do what he can to make income. But as like a viewer, yeah, it is kind of annoying. But, um, but what bugged um, me is he makes a lot of like Dragon Ball is returning type of videos. And like two years ago, he was like, guys, it's just going to happen. My source is legit. It, it's a matter of fact. It's going to happen. It's been two years that shit hasn't happened. Yeah. So like, and also um, Death Battle. So Death Battle does like a big, uh, it's fun to watch, but really it, they tried to pit like different characters. Like um, who would win the Power Rangers or um, uh, Voltron in a fight um stuff like that and so there was one where goku versus superman and come uh death battle said no superman's going to win and they did twice they use uh super saiyan god or super saiyan blue in that one and then then you see um geekdom go off like he just had a whole entire hate video and he's like how, how can you even compare that and stuff like and his voice just got really irritating and so ever since then i started boycotting his content it's just because like Wow, you're just so. We're about it's to like start. the it's like listening to National Choir. It had a voice. <laughs> We're about to start a YouTube war with Geekdom. He's gonna hear this and start uh, saying your voice is really annoying. <laughs> That's fine by all means. I I don't even like my own voice. Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, don't lean into it. Come on, now it just sounds sad. Nah, if you lean into it, he can't make fun of you because then it's just like, all right, well, what was gonna say? Anyways, no, but uh, <laughs> no, I've been listening to a lot of those uh, podcast, not podcasts, those um. YouTube channels. YouTube channels. So I yeah. really do. It, it really helps with driving as well. Sometimes I drive way too far and I need something to play in the background other than just music as I fall asleep in the wheel and Jesus take the wheel and we all die. Yeah. YouTube is like going to between YouTube and Netflix, like like cable TV is like going to be done in like 10 years. That's what it seems like, you know, I mean, except maybe sports, but that's a whole nother topic. There's, there's a joke where it's like, what if we bundled all of these streaming platforms and call it cable? <laughs> Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Anyways, what a concept. Vince, yeah, our, enough uh, about us. Introduce the topic. Yeah, every time we have a planned topic, I feel like we always go like 30 minutes on <laughs> different tangent. Just happens. But uh, yeah, so um, time, you know, goes by fast, doesn't it? We're already more than halfway through 2020, the shittiest year, I think we can all agree. So with that being said, time is a big uh, element in not only life, but uh Every show or movie you watch nowadays, it feels like, you know, for better or for worse, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. So we thought we'd dedicate this episode entirely to uh, time travel and just um, how it's been used in different TV and movies and um, whether, you know, which movies have done it well, which ones we like, which ones we hate, which ones suck. Um, kind of inspired by, uh, like I mentioned last week, my favorite show as of two months, <laughs> Dark, had its final season uh, premiere last week. And, uh, I mean, this doesn't really say much, but it was definitely the highlight of my year, highlight of my year, considering, you know, nothing else has happened. But even if we had a year like 2019 or 2018, probably would have still been the highlight of my year because I was that excited for it. Um, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, Dark is 
kind of like a German Stranger Things. Um, it's basically about a kid that goes missing in this fictional town called Winden. And uh, the kid goes missing. They're, it's a group of kids go to the caves at one night just to kind of, you know, hang out. And then they hear like this uh, stroke of a uh, thunderclap and then they get nervous. So then one of the kids goes in the cave and they can't find where he is. And he ends up actually in another year. And then um, you kind of find out he's actually the father of the main character because he ended up in 1986 and he grows up to be the father. Um, and so it's a lot of people going missing and trying to find them. And uh, essentially it just really deals with the bootstrap paradox. Um, just the idea that like you try to change time, but you're just trying to change the past or change the future. But you can, every time you try to do one of those things, it actually sets in, sets in motion the events that cause the present to be the way it is. So there's kind of no way to change you know, your future, your past, and people are continually trying to do that. But uh, yeah, highly recommend Dark. Um, what are your thoughts on Dark, Joe? Um, what I, for something that's suspense, that I enjoy when it, it's not exactly the most predictable. And especially where it's suspenseful. Um, I think what this show does is that it does that really well. Though it is a little bit slow on the pacing side. And depending on if you want to watch subbed or dubbed, because it is a German show. Uh, that may contribute to the enjoyment of the overall show. So overall, I think like it does have a really good premise. It does have a really good plot um, as a whole. Okay, that's solid. I thought you were going to say an opinion that would really piss me off. <laughs> but uh, good job. You're welcome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the third season, I won't spoil anything that happens, but... If you watch it, if you do commit to it, I think you, I think you'll be pleasantly like, oh, solid. Like I know you have high expectations, and you've only seen. You, did you watch any of season three or just the first episode? Half the first episode. Okay, I'm surprised. I could not stop watching. Well, because <laughs> you're addicted to this show. Hey, you know it happens. Are you addicted to any shows? I was when Community when I got hooked on Community. I just right, binged through that entire thing. It's my Community. I think I'm more into Dark than you are Community, though. Uh, well, okay, so when I got in the community, it's when it, it got released on Netflix, and then it became like a whole, like, oh my gosh, there's rumors that um movie will come out, and then the, there's all the script reading stuff, and then there's all these extra interviews that are coming out, and then uh, Joe McHale and Ken Jong has their own podcast as well, started around the same time. So during the month yeah, of, like, I believe, us, May, a white guy and an Asian guy, who's ever done that? <laughs> I know. Actually, yeah, they can't. They are ripping us off. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna owe us money once they get ad revenue. <laughs> Once we copyright ourselves first, anyways, but um, and trademark and everything, no, but um, with that said, it's uh, where was I going with this? Yeah, so I, I jumped in at a good time for community, and I'm like, it is a good month to be a community fan, and then now community pretty much died down or died off on the two. Yeah, I guess there's been a few distractions in the public, right? <laughs> Did yes. you hear about? I mean, this is another thing, but I don't want to get too far into this, but I'm also curious to know if you heard about this. Uh, did you hear about the Dungeons and Dragons episode getting pulled? Yes. All right, we can talk about it after. <laughs> I'm just curious. But um, yeah, so going back to Dark, would you say the way they, well, I guess we wanted to preface this with like, there's two ways, obviously, time travel is handled in like every TV or movie show or movie or anything like that. Basically, you know, you have the linear timeline where um, a person is in 2020 and then say they go back in time to 2010, they like change one major event and they go back to 2020. Everything's changed because of what they did. That's linear, you know, you the things in the past directly change the future. Then there's the multiverse, um, which is essentially if 
the same person goes back in time to the past and then they change something that they don't like the thing they did doesn't affect their timeline that they were in so when they go back to their timeline it'll be the same it's instead the thing they changed in the past just created another timeline so any change you make in the past doesn't affect your direct timeline it just creates another timeline and as you can see as i'm describing this it's really hard to describe <laughs> time travel and i think that's why people often either nail it or just you know doesn't quite stick the landing so um yeah so with that i guess each thing we'll talk about we'll dissect if it did that well um we can start off with dark do you think it handles time travel well josh so yeah so going back back off your point that there is two different types of tra time traveling which is i nickname as linear which is well it's one straight line you can go back to it it alters it and it all continues on that same line right versus uh multiverse which is well you do one small change boom butterfly effect new timeline um any small change boom another splinter and so with dark i believe that they go by what i nickname as the linear timeline which is very straightforward very simple um and so right now the way they had portrayed it without doing any spoilers for season three is that if because it follows the linear timeline and it follows this paradox because like with flash the the comic and tv and movie they follow basically what is linear and so it does it really well and when there's a paradox that's where the fun part happens like oh wait this can only exist because that happens because they did x y and z in order to make this happen otherwise if that happens then boom everything just implodes on itself mm -hmm. so like that kind of stuff is really cool and when they do as simple as that and their own spin and take on it then i think it's really well done and so far with season one and two that i've only seen they do it really well in that sense yeah, I think these are writers where they've, like, said from the get-go they only intended for this show to be three seasons. Like, they had an overview of, like, the general plot from the beginning. And you could really tell that they're the type that really, like, checks their uh, – dot their I's, cross their T's, and make sure everything checks out and there's no, like, contradiction. So it's, like, the exact opposite of the Lost finale, which everyone said was a total mess. Not that I saw it. But, um, yeah, so I think I, I really dig that when writers, you can tell they really, like – make sure everything checks out um and i agree i think i think it, their take is really unique and it's well done it's hard to do time travel just for all the reasons we mentioned just how complicated it can be but they make it pretty engaging and make everything add up i think like in season three there are a few things that like if you like really pause and dig into them you could pose some questions that could kind of like challenge the accuracy of certain things there's just a few things that you could kind of take a step further into and see like, does that fully check out? Like, what if this person just did that? What does it have to be like that? You know, but overall, I mean, there's a certain, after a certain point, you're like, you just kind of like want to enjoy something. You're like, am I going to let like minor things get in the way of me enjoying something? And so overall, I'd say dark does well. I give the thumbs up. You give a thumbs up too, dark, Josh, <laughs> dark. <laughs> I can talk. Yeah, sure. I'd say it's definitely worth a watch. All right. Especially cool. for the people who do like stranger things. All right. Sweet. So, uh you want to introduce the next one <laughs> uh let's start with something a little bit more lighthearted before we get to the more serious ones in terms right. of serious i mean like people will probably watch versus this one this one i'm going to introduce is a uh, dragon ball z and if you guys are familiar with future trunks that whole entire arc would sell then you guys know where we're going with this i don't think anyone's familiar with that <laughs> so yeah most people don't um <laughs> So we're going to just start off with this one just because it's one of the, for a lot of us, we grew up on time trial, on like TV shows, stuff like that, right? And based off of our entire list, 
us you watched Back to the Future because of course I want to talk about that. Um, this is probably your first introduction to time travel. And so for people who don't know what happens is that there's a character from the future that comes back to the past. It's one of the character's sons. Um, he comes back to try to warn everybody, hey, there's going to be an invasion of these really strong enemies. His you name is got- Trunks for anyone. I feel like people always knew the name Trunks or like saw that character and like always remember him as being the cool one, you know? Yeah. And so, okay, his name is Trunks. And so he goes back to the past, say, hey, these androids, these man-made machines are going to come and kill everybody. You guys got to prepare before things really just fly off the rails. And then so when he, because he did that, it actually caused a, a, a multiverse issue where, okay, the androids, they present themselves completely differently. And so instead of the two androids that he was talking about, boom, a different two came about. And then once they defeat those two, then boom, the original two that he was talking about comes about and they're much stronger. And yep. so it becomes like a whole entire issue. But in between that, there's another character named Cell, who's another android that goes back and he goes on a whole like, wait, Trunks killed all my androids that I need to absorb in order to become like my perfect form. Now I need to go back in time. And so it becomes like this huge loop of like, okay, well, there's basically almost like two or three different timelines where Cell exists, Trunks exists, but in one timeline, Trunks is dead, so he couldn't go back in time to warn people. But then because Trunks did go back in time, it created a new timeline that altered everything. So, well, one, this goes back to our point of if you can't do time travel well, you're going to screw it up real bad. Um, so yeah, and our second point that time travel is really hard to explain. <laughs> I feel like that's going to devolve every single one of these topics. just going to be like, bottom line, it's hard to explain. So for viewers, you, for our listeners, you really have to take to heart that a lot of this time traveling stuff happens within, their logic only exists in that universe. You shouldn't really carry over their logic to another uh entertainment source of media and so which is i guess it goes to my really overarching point of at this point day and age i think time traveling is a little bit overdone and it's just almost a person's way to explain away their story but the thing is that with dark that's the whole premise of the show right yeah and with dragon ball they're one of the first early people to ever touch upon this topic and so this is why like these two i think are original in their own respect and their own regards. Yeah, it's funny too, because Akira Toriyama basically admits he like totally ripped off Terminator. <laughs> it's like every arc, every of the main arcs, he kind of admits like he told it from like a major franchise. Like the first Saiyan Saga, he said that was kind of a take on Superman for obvious reasons. Uh, so the Frieza Saga, he said, was influenced by Star Wars, having this like giant army. And then, you know, Trunk Saga, Terminator. I'm not sure what Majin Buu would be, but yeah. Actually, yeah, I forgot about that. He did rip off a lot of stuff. Yeah, so basically steal. That's our premise. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it's, it's because in the comic book anime, I believe that it's, especially like anime, which is still budding in America, it was one of the first ones to ever do it. Yeah. So that's super true. cool. Yeah, now it feels like kind of time travel is used as a crutch. Anytime a writer's put himself in a corner, they feel like they have to introduce time travel um, just to kind of fix things or wreck on it but uh i think it's funny because dragon ball gets a lot of flack from a lot of people for being the show with the most like contradictions and things that don't make sense if we're talking like power scaling and things like that people always lose their mind or like the sense of time itself like there's a running joke of like five minutes in dragon ball because there's a there's an arc where 
the there's a fight that's supposed to happen only for five more minutes and then five minutes in that show equals like 30 episodes that the viewers are watching where they're still like saying five more minutes so uh it's funny like dragon ball has all those contradictions but i actually think they handled the time travel thing well like watching it when i was a kid like the way they did it it was simple enough where it made mostly made sense because like basically trunks went back in time trying to change his time thinking that it was linear like thinking okay i like warn them about the bad shit that happens then if i go back to my time things will be better and then doesn't change and then he goes back and he's like wait this is totally different than my time i just splintered and created a new time so it's like the easiest most basic explanation of like the linear versus multiverse thing yeah so definitely um i don't think they screwed it up per se this time around and <laughs> a lot of stuff that they've ripped off or has screwed up Dragon Ball Super. <clears throat> but yeah. Oh gosh. Also, just shameless plug. Trunks was super badass when he back, went back to his timeline. And then they introduced him back in Dragon Ball Super. And I'm like, holy crap, who is this little. Uh, what happened? What happened to this like, I mean, rough looking, gruff dude who like was like super conditioned from like hard battle to now? It's like, why does your body mass look so much smaller, but yet you're stronger? Uh, that's a whole nother topic on why Dragon Ball Super and Dragon Ball Z are so different. But I actually thought Dragon Ball Super... It's funny, Dragon Ball Super got messier with the timeline stuff. Uh, and then, I don't know, Trunks also... I thought he got kind of cool by the end, but that's a whole other topic. Anyways. Uh, speaking of something that John didn't like, how they handled the time travel, uh, anyone familiar with the X-Men franchise? Um, specifically, a film called Days of Future Past. John was not a fan. I was. That being said, do you want to go with It was terrible. Okay. Um, where do I even begin? Um, all right. So if you're Brian Singer and you're the X-Men franchise, you made a movie called X-Men Last Stand. And then you realized... Actually, yeah, tanked. he didn't make that. He didn't it was make that? Uh, uh, Brett, that, the guy that did Rush Hour. Fuck, I forget his name. But anyways, sorry. Was he really not involved in it? He might have been a producer, but he wasn't the director. I guess he. Oh yeah, so they did overlook him. Um, your entire argument is no, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so X Men franchise basically bombed with X Men Last Stand. Everybody hated it, and then so they re decided to revamp it with something called X Men First Class. Pretty well done movie. They changed a few things here and there that I didn't really like. Uh, basically, recalling different stories because you can't really carry on the future with those stories anymore. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, but then yeah so it carried on to X-Men Days of Future Past and it was a way of like alright we got retcon and connect first class somehow with the main continuity of 1, 2, and 3 and it was basically alright we're just going to time travel and basically just say scrap everything we're going to just make this the way we see fit and two of my main arguments that I really am annoyed by is with they gave Kitty Pride, who normally her powers is literally just phasing through things and mess with technology because for some reason her phasing through things messes with tech. For some reason, she's given time traveling abilities. And some people may say, well, Ja, it's a comic book movie. Anything goes. Right. But within the realm of anything sci-fi, there's always their own logic that's built in. Especially with a lot of stuff that's like, you can change certain things about a character to make it look cool. Great. But then they gave this character who never had time traveling abilities to begin with. It was basically, oh, 
this is basically just lazy writing. All right, who can we just give time traveling powers to? Her. She's there. Let's just do it. Um, another issue, actually, I had three issues. Another issue that I had with it was the whole Sentinel argument of, all right, so we're going to go back in time. And the way the X-Men timeline for this one follows is that the whole linear thing, you go back in time, it changes the future. That's the whole premise of X-Men's Days of Future Past, where there's something called Sentinels, which are these adaptive, uh, super intelligent robots that can adapt to basically the fighting and the powers of mutants. And so they're hunting down mutants. We're all prejudiced and we hate mutants in the future. Um, so it becomes a whole like war. So they want to go back in time to stop the Sentinels from rising. And it all led to an event of like, okay, well, we got to um, stop Trask. Uh, played by Peter Dinklage and it just becomes this weird thing of like okay well this is such a big plot point in the entire universe of X-Men but we're never going to talk about it this happened I believe was it the uh, the 70s or the 80s yeah 70s during the 70s and it's okay, well, we're going to brush it right under the rug and even though they're developing these super tech so even though they appeared in the 70s and there's no really any explanation of like, was this issue ever stopped? Was the robots ever stopped in the seventies? And why are they coming back out 50 years later? Like no explanation, nothing. It just all of a sudden, boom, they appeared again 50 years later and they're wiping us out all of a sudden. But yet they've been in development. We've known about them for 50 years. There's no explanation. They just went back in time. All right, fix it. Stop them from developing Sentinels to kill us, to, to cause a mutant genocide. Um... So that's one. The other is basically, if you guys are familiar with X-Men Origins, Wolverine, the whole military thing of how he's called Weapon X, Mystique was the general that did the whole Weapon X thing. But during this time, Mystique is a whole freedom fighter for mutants. Why would he make, why would he have a project be a part of it to weaponize mutants for military needs of assassination and potential wiping out other mutants and so this movie was just plot hole after plot hole after plot hole or plot hole after plot hole after we're just wiping everything under the rug because we can and suck it up and deal with it and so there's even an interview with brian singer of like hey why did you have mystique why did you have the general all of a sudden flash mystique's eyes saying that the general's actually mystique he's like oh i just thought it looked cool and that was it. That was the only explanation. And it's like, okay, well, you're trying to reset and reboot everything. It looked pretty. All right, sure, that you did that. And you're just saying, yeah, we didn't make a lot of mistakes. Moving on, we're going to talk about this other movie that we're going to bomb pretty soon, which is called uh, Dark Phoenix. Actually, so, Apocalypse is actually not that great either. But yeah. Apocalypse is pretty bad. Um, yeah. So normally I'd agree with that if the next thing they did after the movie, if so that idea that they did if this movie was like entirely made just to reboot the franchise, I would agree with that if the next movie they would have made was like taking place after X-Men The Last Stand and used all those actors, you know, James Marsden, Hugh Jackman, um, and all the like, uh, Halle Berry, all the main X-Men cast in those roles again. But it never did that. And the thing is, they <laughs> I feel like it's almost kind of funny because they made this like perfect new timeline that works out where all the characters you like are alive. But then the very next movie, or at least one of the next few movies after that, uh, uh, what was it, Logan, was like everybody died anyway because uh, Xavier just accidentally killed him because he, you know, has crazy mental powers or whatever. 
So the idea that it just like re, like made everything perfect and like rewrote everything so it could perfectly happen. I feel like normally that argument would have a case if it that is what happened where they did redo a movie like that. But the whole perfect thing they made was just instantly undone with the next movie, Logan, where like every character that they just brought back is now dead. And they did have uh, the like X-Men cast younger versions of them in the 80s. But at the same time, you could have made you could have made X-Men Apocalypse like even if they hadn't like redone the whole timeline because it's still like there still is an origin point to before like the main X-Men movies you know the first one that came out in, like 2000 this could have been like this is how the team formed and you know things are still going to play out the way they play out but this is just like the way the team formed but uh I don't know I me and Jaw have absolutely different opinions on Days of Future Past <laughs> we uh we actually debated we got into a long debate about it after a podcast episode that I almost wish would have recorded <laughs> we're going to be basically repeating what we said then <laughs> I actually did my homework this time and looked it up. And a lot of I, the reviews that I saw were like, this is a great standalone movie if they're trying to reboot everything. But if you're trying to throw it into continuity, yeah, there's a lot of holes. I don't know. I don't, I still actually tell you the truth. The, the holes you mentioned like really don't bother me or seem that bad. Cause true. I mean, the, what you said about like Kitty Pride's like ability all right, that's fine, but I don't know. To me, it still works. I mean, there's some weird X-Men and mutant abilities out there they, they just randomly have. And, it's basically uh, just lazy writing. That's what it ultimately amounted to. And when you watch it and you actually like try to put it in, it's like we're trying to make a square fin a round hole. And we did it with the chisel, so suck it up. If that, that's, that's what it felt like with this movie. Yeah, that's, that's very opinion-based. I think like it's not totally like hard to believe that a character can walk through walls and whatnot and also has the ability to like project someone's consciousness back in time like i don't know there's some weird shit out there gene gray um professor x <coughs> excuse me professor x they have some weird powers that don't really seem to add up and are kind of random so i don't know i'm fine with it doesn't bother me um i think that's where it comes to like people who are in the comic book world versus people who just sci-fi and it's like all right why did this happen sci-fi Ultimately, right. <laughs> but ultimately the goal of a movie is to entertain right and if you watch it and you think it was done well and there's not so like so many glaring plot holes and issues that you can enjoy it then it's done its job and to me it wasn't a plot hole necessarily because this is their own adaptation they like they never said we're going to do a 100 like strictly like version of the comic book so with their adaptation they can take those liberties and to me it wasn't so much lazy writing i mean they I would I would say it's lazy writing if well I wouldn't honestly say it's lazy writing in any reason because you could easily bring in just another like character that you made up that has that ability to like the thing is that you don't need to write a new character you have a treasure trove of characters to use yeah but saying it's lazy writing is like it's like hey we're going to slap this on because we like it um no, but saying it's lazy, though the, they wanted to do that premise of like you have a mutant who can take someone back in time, and saying it's lazy writing just because they gave an X Men who already exists the power that they don't usually have, is implying that I think time. I think Wolverine should have time traveling abilities because his adamantium claws become strong enough to cut the fabric of reality. Uh. I don't know what to say after that. No, okay, let me finish this point. You keep interrupting. Um, so like the idea that like it's lazy writing because um 
which called they just slapped on this power to Kitty Pride. I mean, they could very easily just introduce another character that like had that ability. So it's not really lazy writing. It's just like you it's just you're not a fan of like how they like handle that character and gave her power like that. And to me, I don't know, the thing, even if it's lazy writing, you don't really like notice it because there's so much other shit going on in the movie that you're entertained, at least I was. And the Sentinel thing doesn't bother me because um I don't know. It's one of those things like it makes you wonder as a viewer. You're like, okay, yeah, that is interesting. Why didn't I see the Sentinels like between these movies? And it kind of makes you wonder what happened in this like timeline that made it not happen or made them not appear in the other movies. Like, did something happen like in the 70s where they were like discontinued or just like the did the specific movies that we watched like just focus on parts of the world where they weren't relevant? So I don't know. Didn't bother me. But this is a case where we disagree. <laughs> so like the movie itself was entertaining. So I do. I, I never said that it wasn't entertaining. So, like, as a standalone, it's great. It's fun. Um, like, a lot of MCU movies, yeah, it's basically the same formula, but at the end of the day, are we entertained? Disney knows how to entertain people. Boom. Uh, in that regard. But with that said, it's... So, it, to me, it's like, okay, well, based on that logic, all right, cool. Like, wow, I interrupted earlier. Wolverine can cut through the fabric of reality using adamantium claws. Why didn't they do that? Because it's an adaptation again. It's not, they're not doing a 100% like honest adaptation of the, like it, the honest thing translation is that, of the comics. They're doing their version that they think translates best. So to the movie. that's the thing is like where Marvel did something well, which was Thanos. That character was completely not the same as it was in MCU. And so, or in the comic books. And so the comic books, mm-hmm did it in one way which was really not that compelling but they changed the personality of the character enough which was very well done in the movie and so there's definitely things where it's like you can change so much to make it really cool and then you change too much where it's just like okay you're just doing this for the sake of like lazy writing so it's like you wrote you developed a really well care well done character from the comic books to the movies whereas this one was just like we're doing this because it works because we like it that way how's that simply lazy, that how's that lazy writing though no i'm not saying that it, wait what i thought you were saying this was lazy writing no i'm sa- i'm not saying what they did with Thanos was great no no no. i'm saying uh with x-men how's the lazy writing oh it's just basically i just want to do whatever i want and i'm not really going to think too much about it but hey this worked <laughs> it's basically every, like that's, that's every movie you could like that's why they have honest trailers and the like movie sins like any movie has those flaws like it's just a matter of like are you not bothered by them or are they not seeming as like glaring of a contradiction when you watch them actually i was trying to watch movie sins about this one and honestly i can't get through movie sins because it's they're really nitpicky (laughs) so like when i was going through with them i was like trying to find evidence of like how this movie is not that great i was like oh i think you're discounting one amazing thing about this movie too the fact that magneto was the one that made the bullet curve in the 70s that let alone above all else deserves its own credit and the scene with Quicksilver, like these are two extremely like great move, great moments from the movie that I think you don't see in a typical Marvel movie that should be highlighted. Yeah, the Quicksilver stuff was really cool. I said the movie itself as a standalone is great. With that said, what do you mean about the Magneto bullet curving thing? I don't get it. Yeah, with uh, JFK, he's apparently the reason that uh, the you know with the JFK, like he was in jail for apparently. Um, uh, like attempted assassination on JFK and they're like, who else can make a bullet curve? Cause that's been the whole like conspiracy with JFK. Like that, like, how does that bullet curve? There's no way uh, Oswald, what was the guy's name? 
Yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald. There's no way he could have done it from that angle or whatnot because the billet would have curved. And then because this is in the 70s or, like, at the time, whatever timeline would have worked, so Magneto could have done that. Like, it's like it's like the whatever you can take historical events and, like, put a fictional character in them to act like they had some involvement with them. Like, that's one thing, but they, I think that moment actually worked really well. Do you remember um, that moment? I do. I, I mean, splicing the timeline stuff like that. And just explaining how to explain that, I think that's cool. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Ultimately, I think it was an entertaining movie. And I think, going back to the main topic, I think we got a little... Duh. Oh, so basically the main topic of what I'm trying to get at is basically the, the they they use time traveling as just a way to patch things up the way they want to do it. And for X-Men Days of Future Past, I felt like it was a cop-out. And so a lot of people have been using time traveling stuff as just a cop-out to fix their messes um which we'll talk about later for avengers works for them but in this case i felt like it was so choppy that like it was so apparent and it wasn't tasteful it was just to me still lazy writing you keep saying that. I still have yet to see how it's... I don't know. I, I'm not convinced it's lazy writing. It's like, basically, we have so much source material, and it's like... It's like we're trying to adapt it, but really, we're not going to go follow through with the adaptation. But it's again, like we're going to do whatever we want, and so that but again, word adaptation is very broad. No, it is. It's a movie adaptation. It, I think you're, like, because you watched the comic or you read the comics, you want it to be, like, closer then they made it. But again, movie adaptation. I mean, every Marvel movie is like very different from the comics at this point. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie, how different was that than the comic material, you know? So at least, I don't know. I think it worked. I think as it well worked. as things where it's like they're upfront about how like hey, we're going to completely revamp this thing. Yeah, but that's, Versus, I don't want to get, I don't want to get too on a Guardians of the Galaxy because we're always getting sidetracked. But as far as going back to the main topic, whether or not this did time travel well, I think it did it well because Wolverine is a unique character. You brought in a unique power and they made it linear, but in a unique way where it's like one person's consciousness is just like being shown through like a past version and uh, like a lot of good entertaining stuff happens. So that's why I think you can't say it's lazy writing because lazy writing implies that the movie itself just doesn't work and um it, I, I don't stand by the assertion at all that this was just like a way to like like fix everything because again they didn't like utilize the like fixed timeline that they made every like revived character that was uh seen at the end of days of future past just died before the logan and they never like made another movie with them so i don't i don't buy into that at all i think it was just a good movie so oh no it's <laughs> purely it was purely basically no, they they admit it. It was purely to fix Last Stand. Like, they did so bad with Last Stand that they're like, all right, this is going to be our repair movie for that. But instead of, like, actually trying to fix it, like, they even said themselves, like, in interviews where it's like, all right, this is going to fix everything. And when you watch it and you're just like, wait, did you just clickbait us? But when I watch it, it doesn't feel like that's the motivation at all because it's still like... It, but they like, said that clearly in their statements. Like, this fixes everything. You interrupt a lot. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's, it's like it can fix things. But when you watch it, it doesn't feel like they only made this just to fix things. And they can say that it did fix things. But you still watch it. There's a core movie there. There's a story about, you know, Mystique and her thing. And then also just like the events with the Sentinels and just seeing how those grow and just seeing how, you know, the, uh, 
the Xavier is like his path to redemption. So there's actual character development happening with characters. And you could say, you know, like a side benefit of like the events that happened is they did correct the timeline, but watching it and all the like events happening with the like character storylines, it feels like that's the focus. And they just happen to like bridge both worlds. And I think it was really effective because, you know, you had the first three X-Men movies and then you had first class. And this is a way, if anything, to me more, it was a, the gimmick, should be noted that it was like bridging those two worlds because I remember when I first heard the idea of like taking first class and then taking the first three X-Men movies and then um like connecting them in a way I thought Days of the Future Past like that was going to be the gimmick because it seems hard to do that and stick the landing so I don't know to me because there was actual like development in the character storylines and because they did bridge those two characters that's the main focus of the movie and the fact that they fixed the timeline is just a nice benefit but it wasn't like to me at least regardless of what they say like watching it it didn't feel like this movie was only made to fix the timeline because they didn't again they didn't even like take advantage of it so yeah so i say they did take advantage of it because currently right now the the gaming community is up in arms with the video game last of us 2 and the reason why they find this completely disingenuous is the advertising they advertise a character so they advertise that you would only play this one single character plot twist you play another character as well but the controversy behind that character, how you, that's an, that is another reason why they hate it. Another reason why is one of the beloved characters, they advertise in cutscenes as he exists for this reason. Turns out they straight up slaughter him and they use completely different footage in the actual video game. With this movie, I, the reason why I believe that they used it as a cop-out, really just to fix their own mess, is during their interviews, they straight up blatantly said, same with the creator of that video game, Last of Us. They blatantly said, hey, this is going to fix everything. You'll love it. Yes, this is an entertainment mo- entertaining movie. Yes, they did character development with Pro- Pro- Professor Xavier. They did the whole history thing. Great. They also did Quicksilver, which MCU cannot c- compare to whatsoever on Quicksilver with their, um, uh, with their rendition of the character. Yes, that movie did well. But at the end of the day, to me, it was purely, hey, we're going to get a reputable name, Brian Singer from 1 and 2. Use this title of X-Men's Days of Future Past, that original source material, because it was uh, groundbreaking at the time, and we're going to make it groundbreaking now. And so it became gimmick after gimmick compiled on for this movie. Yes, as a standalone, sure. As what the directors have stated, as this is going to fix everything and all of our plot holes. No, it didn't. And, and in fact, it just raised more questions and concerns of like, okay, yes, this is supposed to be an adaptation of that. And yeah, the kitty thing is probably one of the more minor issues, but overall it's, it just felt so gimmicky because of all that compiled on. Well, I think if I have yet to see if, if I see a quote with Brian Singer where he says, I 100% made this movie only to correct the things of uh, Daisy, or uh, Last Stand, then that's one thing. But again, that I don't, think, I don't think there's any definitive proof that he's saying that by any means. And if he says that in interviews, it could often, I could very easily see that being like a tongue-in-cheek thing that he just says, like just in interviews, like when people ask about Last Stand and just how all the characters are back. But at the same time, um, I don't think you can say it's a gimmick if – it's a gimmick to to me something's a gimmick if it's only done for that kind of like frosting kind of low-hanging fruit reasoning of reason of 
we wanted to fix the timeline and we just wanted to you know introduce time travel but again because there is a great story to me it automatically just um disqualifies it as a gimmick if you actually have quality stories and quality characters because they knew after first class they were going to make more of these movies so you have a good story and you know you have great comic source material with days of future past the actual comic so to me they took the comic and they that the main motivation was adapting the days of future story writing another good movie and showing how charles xavier and all these mutants that we've seen magneto from first class just watching them grow and then also the fact that they could tie it to back to the original franchise was a cool thing but it wasn't like the main the the correct in the timeline that wasn't the thought that like we have to make this movie only for that reason. And if I see a quote from Brian Singer where he said, I 100% only made this movie to create the timeline, that'll be one thing. But to me, I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's just, you can't have yeah, all the, these Go ahead, finish. You can just have all these benefits, but it's not like, I don't know. I think when you have a good movie, it's just like actually quality characters. It disqualifies it from being like entirely gimmick and saying like, we only did this to fix the timeline. I think we have two different points. I think your point is that as a movie itself, it's fine, which I agree with. But then for me, it's that it's not genuine. But that's where I disagree too, because I think it is genuine. Because <laughs> it is a good movie that is like, it wasn't, it, its intention wasn't just fix the timeline for a gimmick reason. It was like, let's write a good movie where these characters actually progress. And if we can fix the timeline, then that's a kind of cool side benefit we can juggle into. Wait, what? It sounded like you're saying like, yeah, our premise is to make a good movie, which we did, but to fix a timeline and stuff like that, eh, that's a byproduct. So that's going back onto it. It's like, okay, well it's sure it's genuine. And like, I guess a craft of movie making, but it's not genuine to like the actual realm of X-Men. But that's, see, that's in a whole nother different argument. I'm saying if That's you what I'm saying the entire time. Yeah, but uh, I'm confused. So if you can genuinely make a good movie and you can fix, like, the previous timeline, then, no, you, yeah, that's what I was saying. If yeah, you can, and you, the way you said it was you can fix a timeline, that, that'd be great. That'd be, like, a cherry on top. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds as if, like, the premise of this movie is to just make a movie then. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, it is to make a movie. <laughs> the premise of the movie, the purpose of this movie is to make an entertaining movie that progresses the characters. And while doing that, if they have the ability to fix the previously done last stand timeline, then that's cool as well. And the fact that you can juggle all those things is impressive. Okay, I think we're talking about two entirely different points then. Because you were talking about the comics again, and I already addressed that where I said, to me, it doesn't have to be a faithful adaption of the comic as long as it's an adaptation. So if they take liberties, then I'm fine with it as long as it's entertaining and a good story. Yeah, the way I see it is just because you're not involved with the comic book scene, it really doesn't matter to you. So no matter how I explain it, it really does, it's really easily brushed under the rug from a perspective of the person that doesn't care about the comics, which is a common art. It's a common conversation I've had with other people. And people are like, well, just suck it up. It's an adaptation. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. But then there's sometimes where it's like, it's a little bit too outlandish. Well, that's fair, but I think you were arguing a few different things. But You're the entire about- time I've just been saying this movie has been good. No, no, you're arguing, you were saying a few, you had a few different points. You were saying that it's not a good adaptation of the comic, which we haven't addressed as much recently. 
and you were saying it's lazy writing and then you said it's um gimmicky and i was my what i specifically addressed previously was your point that it was gimmicky and me saying it's not gimmicky by the fact that it was a well-done movie that just happened to fix the timeline and then you specifically brought up the thing about the comic book adaptation that we hadn't addressed that recently but my addressing it is saying that i i don't mind <laughs> if it's not super similar to the comic books and adaptation so i mean that's a whole another argument so just, with, that literally just comes to the difference of opinion so with comic adaptation i've completely disregarded it outright but you said except minus the whole kitty pride thing that's about it and i've already said sure that's probably the one that's like the least important which i've stated already but with uh, the other two points of sentinels yeah, and I address that again. The fact Which that, is, that that in itself is gimmicky. Uh, I don't think you brought that up before. You brought up the thing with the Sentinels about how, like, they hadn't existed between, like, you know, the 70s and, like, now the future. And I, okay, that, that. I, I don't think that's a huge, like, I think it's understandable. You could say very easily that these X-Men movies we had previously just happened to focus on things that weren't the Sentinels or, like, it creates a mystery of what happened between the time, but, yeah. Yeah, so... Okay, so sure, it's not gimmicky, misspoken word. It's more going back on the analogy of square peg, round hole. How so? We, oh, we forgot. We didn't mention this. Sure, you can explain it away as, oh, we just never talked about it because we're focused on different aspects of the timeline. But at the same time, when you watch the movie, it's like, well, this is an important timeline. By the way, we're just inserting it now. Yeah, the X-Men universe is so big that there's a million things in there. So the fact that you don't see more in the X-Men movies is like, that. Oh, you really don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. The X-Men universe is huge. So you can't show everything in a movie. So a movie has to have a cohesive focus with one thing. So that's no, why the, the actual X-Men comic book universe is more convoluted to the point where people actually stop caring. Yeah, exactly. So that's Pretty why bad. like, it, no, it just got that bad. That's why. Yeah. But your point is that like, if, the Sentinels are so big they should be in the movies. I'm saying the entire X-Men universe is so big they can't fit every single thing that is a huge relevant thing in every single movie. A movie has to have a cohesive focus, so that's what the few first... What few I'm saying is Days of Future Past could have explained it better. Okay, well, that's your opinion. I just disagree because, I mean, they didn't... They, to me, it's fine because not explaining it creates a, creates a sense of mystery. Like, why didn't we hear about the Sentinels? Did something happen or did... The movie's just not focused on it, but it's not a glaring thing that bothers me. <laughs> okay, I think that to me is just a continuity issue then. Yeah. To me, it's a continuity issue parts. and really just that then that reinforces the whole lazy story writing of we're going to let you that. guess it because we're too lazy to really fill in the gaps for you. Well, like maybe we might make a website about it later and you just have to figure it out yourself. And yeah, we did explain it away, but at the end of the day, it just felt like oh yeah, this would be cool if we just portrayed it that way. Does it make sense? Nah, it just sounds cool. Well, when you say it's lazy story writing because they didn't fill in the gaps, they didn't fill in the gaps. You're just not happy with the like explanation. They said, like, I think they said at some point it stopped, like the Sentinel program stopped in the 70s or something, and then they got stronger, and then they could, um, or they, and then they could, like, uh, forecast mutants before they were born and things like that, and they got more violent, something like that. Uh, and they use a mystique gene uh, in order to adapt to uh, uh, powers of other mutants. Yeah, yeah no, I rewatched the entire beginning. Yeah. So they do explain it. So it's just, 
it's just a difference of opinion whether that's good i just don't think it's lazy because it's like wait what happened so much like questions of like yeah but like what happened but do you still doesn't make sense but do you want them like to dedicate another 10 minutes to explaining it like they could explain it better during the time they were given i think it's a solid explanation (laughs) i don't know and like, I like that sense of mystery. Like it's a, it's a big show. Don't tell type of thing. Like you don't have to like explain everything. You can just like focus on the more important, uh, more important things. And um, sometimes having those questions as it keeps you like more engaged as a viewer when you're watching. So I don't know. <laughs> this was supposed to be a time travel episode. This has just evolved into us just uh, debating in the most like classic, like debate forum, X-Men days of future past. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to agree with the other reviews that I've actually a lot of reviews that I've watched is basically the movie standalone. It's great, but continuity, it really doesn't fit at all with it. I still, I, I don't, this, I think the problem is your points that you make. It seems like your points are very opinionated, but then you make these general sweeping things like it doesn't fit in at all. To me, it totally fits in. Uh, no, it's flow. It doesn't, to me, the flow, it's like, Literally, I'm trying to think of an analogy to work with this, but it's like just a turbulent flow. You're on a boat and it just feels a little bit rocky. It doesn't feel actually smooth, what you expect. Okay, well, that's your feeling, but everyone's got their own personal opinion take on it. I just thought it was fun. Okay. <laughs> so, how did it do time travel? <laughs> We're gonna give, I'm going to give a thumbs up. You're going to give a thumbs down? <laughs> yeah, no, just because I know it's a just basically to try to survive to make a franchise survive and we're going to cop out oh god every time i try to like end it you keep saying one of those phrases that triggers me well no you asked me what is my ultimate opinion of how they did time travel no 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 i just got like a thumbs up or thumbs down of time travel but then you say like a statement like that it always triggers me but i'm gonna plow ahead (laughs) all right keep it simple for you thumbs down oh see uh, you're that's your that's your mutant ability you can say triggering things (laughs) That are just not true. That are that have to be addressed. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next topic. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, no next movie. What was the next movie? Uh, Terminator. Yes, <laughs> this we should probably started with Terminator and Back to the Future, but Terminator. Uh, so I guess this is a linear. <laughs> timeline and uh yeah going back in time changes the future um we should do these pretty quick since we like went on the days of future past field this will just be the days of future past episode (laughs) um is uh terminator i'm gonna give one and two thumbs up for how they do time travel uh and then five is the absolute worst showcase of time travel that i've ever seen in a movie and i haven't seen six but you've seen six i think so opposite of days of future past of like, okay, they did a great movie, but then they screwed up time traveling in this case. I think they did time traveling, right? But they just made terrible movies. The way you keep sliding in those fucking subjective accusations on days of future past. (laughs) And so for Terminator, I think sure. One and two was great. Three. I never watched it Four what was four. Four was salvation. Oh, I thought it was entertaining because it was like graphic-y and stuff like that. So, like, really great fight scenes, action scenes, stuff like that. That's funny. I remember uh, thinking the special effects were pretty bad, actually. <laughs> what was thinking? What was five again? Five the, was. There's uh, so much Genesis. in between. Which one? Genesis. 
Okay, that was weird. Um, Genesis was the worst use of time travel I've ever seen. It was that's when it was confusing. That's when it was just a giant mess, and you had no clarity on like they made John Connor the villain. Oh, because they killed him or something? I don't remember. No, there's a Terminator that uh like infected him and made him turn into a robot. So he was this weird mutoid thing, like um, and then. But what? Go ahead. Yeah, he just uh, he became like the Terminator of the movie because he was like half man, half cyborg, just because something infected him, and then ultimately they kill him in the end. And then I don't even know what the ending was because it's not clear. Like I don't know. It was just a mess. Yeah. So is this time travel or just a bad movie? Uh, both <laughs> the time travel, they the way they handled the time travel and the plot elements just created one big giant shit show wait what did they do in time travel uh first they go back in time and then they go back i'm trying to remember they go back to the starting events of the movie but then linda hamilton so kyle reese goes back in time and then linda hamilton he's looking for linda hamilton's character sarah connor to save her but then she's already saved him because some a Terminator went back in her time and then she's lived with Terminators her whole life. I don't know. And so I don't have to watch it again, but I just remember the time travel elements did not. The ending of it was super weird and you didn't have any clarity on whether or not the Terminators were going to like change the future, whether or not the future was changed and like where John Connor fits into all this and like what the future was going to hold and like if they had changed anything. So that I think that was the ultimate thing that I remember was not clear, but I can't remember the exact details in between. Um, I honestly don't remember any time traveling. In Genesis? With Genesis? Yeah, it definitely happened at least twice. I just don't remember. Okay. Well, I do know that, like, in terms of like, the movies I do recall, especially with 1, 2, and 6, I think they did time traveling fine. Like, just the concept and just their continuity of it. I think, all right, I could see this work and stick. Were all of them, like, all 1 through 6 good movies? No, because like you said, Genesis was a hot mess. Um, Dark Fate, I kind of don't know what the heck happened with that and how a Terminator bot all of a sudden gained humanity. And yeah, that's kind of what they did. Contributed, it, contributed into a family. I don't really know how that works, but they just explained over time, I felt like I had no purpose and now I have humanity. Okay. Yeah, great. Kind of what they did in five. He didn't have a family, but they made him. They said he like could become more human over time. Yeah. Okay. So I think they really just like ripped off of that a lot more. So time traveling explicitly with that, I'd say they did a good job. But actual movies execution of it, uh, probably not so much. Yeah. Yeah. As far as time traveling goes, you got to give it at least for the first two. It's OG credit because that was like. I mean, I can't think of another movie where that really, like, was so heavy on the time travel and was, like, so influential, at least. Like, even, like, we mentioned Dragon Ball, like, totally ripped it off. And I think now it's at a point where almost every other franchise is just kind of using a time travel trope. But I think you got to give Terminator, even though the recent movies haven't been as good, um, you got to give Terminator its OG credit because it was one of the first ones to do it. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So... Thumbs up to the first two, and then it's kind of a mess for the rest of them. Yeah, pretty much. All right.
Uh, next, another OG franchise, uh, Back to the Future. Which one came out first, Back to the Future or Terminator? Terminator? No idea. I'm assuming maybe Terminator? I don't know. But uh, Back to the Future is uh, same kind of linear time travel thing. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of like the happy version of time travel, how it can go com- uh, uh, compared to Terminator. I give it a thumbs up. I think there's, I mean, it's a lot of people call it the perfect movie. I don't know if I'd say that, uh, but for what it is, I think it's exactly what you want. It's just a fun movie. Um, the second and the third, I'm a little iffy on, I'm not into those as much, but uh, I don't know. You a big Back to the Future fan? Not really. I mean, really? I understand that in the 80s, sure, it's probably great for people. People loved it. Time introdu- introdu- Probably their first time in introduction to time travel. So people are probably, oh, this is amazing. This is great. In terms of acting, well, I have different standards because I'm watching movies from a different era. So if you want me to compare to that, then it's like, okay, well, it's a little outlandish and dorky. But that's what the time, so I can't exactly say that. Uh, in terms of, like, did they do time traveling, correct? Yeah, they did linear. It's very simple, very clear cut, very... There's no fluff. And like I said, it's people's first introduction to time travel, which is why... Uh, our last topic, which will be Avengers, they keep referencing, oh, haha, how, and laugh at people like, you think time travel is that simple. But, well, given the time, every all that, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think, like, in terms of execution of movie, in terms of execution of time travel implementing their logic of it, sure, thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward, like you said. Uh, it doesn't make it too complicated. Um, well, as far as a appraisal of a movie, I think it's like two thumbs up, <laughs> personally. But that's yeah, fair. You know, it's not for everybody. It does. It's very '80s. It's one of the classic '80s films. I do have to agree that was the third one probably. I mean, second one probably was a good follow up. Um, I remember watching a third one. I remember that not being memorable at all. Like, why did they make a third one? Probably to make it a trilogy. Well, the second one ends with a cliffhanger, so it's like they have to do a third one to, like, address what's happening. But I just remember the second one was, like, too cartoonish when they went into the future, and it got super weird. Like, their vision of the future, I was like, this is kind of weird. And then, I don't know, when he went to the dark timeline where Biff, like, had the Guinness Book of, like, all the records of, like, sports bets and, like, became rich and, like, married uh, Marty's mom, I was like, oh, God, this is really creepy. (laughs) Uh, to be honest, I really wanted to have a time traveling machine so I can get the Guinness World Book of Records or stuff like that. So I can place bets or on stock market stuff and make oodles of cash. So you want to do the same thing that the villain in this franchise would do, Joe? What yeah, that absolutely no idea. What does that say about you, Joe? How much I really want to retire. And you're a villain. How much I really want to retire. <laughs> Uh, well, with that said, we should uh, do the last one. What was it, Avengers? <laughs> Avengers. What do you think about that one? Uh, in terms of execution of their time traveling stuff. Yeah, Endgame. I'd say this one. The past ones we've done have been pretty clear, like thumbs up, thumbs down. This one's a little in the middle. I think it didn't totally nail time travel. Like it had a. It's hard to say because Avengers Endgame had a hard, like, task for itself, like to like you know, be a concluding arc to these like 20 something odd Marvel saga that have been built up with all these movies and also introduce time travel. I think the way that Tony Stark just kind of randomly like 
thought about time travel and then just realized he figured out one day that could have been, I don't know. That was a little, that's one of those things that wasn't the strongest uh, writing maybe, but uh, at the same time, it doesn't bother me a whole lot. Um, but the way they actually executed the time travel um, overall, if I had to say, I give it more of a thumbs up, but it was part of it could be a little messy. Um, yeah, I should have watched that movie more in advance. I'm trying to think exactly what happened with the time travel. What are your thoughts? I remember. So this is what Marvel does. They know how to make a good movie. They know how to keep entertaining. So this is almost a three-hour movie or is a three-hour movie. Either way, it didn't feel that long. It it actually didn't feel that long. It it felt like, oh, uh, something was happening. So I was entertained the entire time, whether it be uh, a cool fight scene or whether it be some type of joke. Um, So funny thing about you saying uh, Tony Stark figuring out time travel well, in the comic books, he's that smart, so I, I don't think that is really outside the realm of impossible, even for comic book standards. This is the exact opposite of our Days of Future Past thing, where you're cool with the comic book version, and I'm, like, not cool with the comic book version. Yeah, so this one, that really didn't bother me at all, because, okay, well, he's one, he's literally the, if not one of the smartest minds in the world, since fantastic. Mr. Fantastic doesn't exist currently right now. Yeah. So, yeah. So he is one of the greatest minds in the world. And Hank Pym is nerfed in this one, in the MCU. So, yeah. So that's why. Um, In terms of the time traveling, I don't exactly remember what it was. But it became one of those things where it's like, the second you start thinking about it, that's where everything becomes uncomfortable about their time traveling, how they did it. And so, like, when people ask me what, what I think about Endgame Override, and I said, you turn off your brain, it's great. You start thinking about it, it becomes weird. Um, I wouldn't go that far. Like, Michael Bay movies are, like, a turn-off-your-brain kind of movies because you're not going to see anything of substance. But I think, I think it's more, like, turn on your brain, but, like, realize that it might not fully check out. Uh, to me, it's easier if I just kept my brain off <laughs> um, to digest the movie. Yeah, Michael Bay. I know that it's good. I'm watching purely for action, so I already know what I'm walking my, getting myself into. Um, like people have said in the past that they enjoyed what was this? Uh, Infinity War more than Endgame. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people, <laughs> but I like both a lot. Yeah, like somebody just messaged me literally the other day, saying, "Yeah, I'm rewatching both." I really enjoyed Infinity War compared to Endgame. But um, yeah, that's how I feel. I don't remember exactly why there was issues since how many times did I watch Endgame? I only watched Endgame once. And it was so like, they, all right, I'm entertained. Well, and I'm going to leave it at that. They figure out the time travel thing and then they all go to different times to get the stones that they need. So I thought that was, in terms of like each character like revisiting old movies and using time travel to do that as kind of like a concluding arc of like revisiting moments you know like thor went to um thor's place from uh, the second thor even though that movie wasn't good um they revisited the like scene in the first avengers the battle of new york and then uh they went to uh the place where the soul stone was they what else did they do you know things like that that was kind of cool so i will like applaud that 
Um, and the way they had Gamora. Uh, wait, no, not Gamora. Who's the other one? Who's Karen Gillan? <laughs> uh, Nebula. Yeah, Nebula. The way they had her connection be the way that like past Thanos comes to the future. Um, that kind of worked. I think the only thing I'm thinking of is just I think um, Mark Ruffalo, uh, the Hulk, Hulk's explanation of time travel wasn't that good. That scene, I feel like his explanation could have been a little better. So I think when I say they didn't fully stick the landing, that's really what I'm talking about. But other ways, other, like the otherwise, the way they like utilize time travel as a way of revisiting old movies, I think worked. Um, and then something with the way Captain America went back in time and then came back. I remember thinking it didn't fully check out. Oh, um, yeah. So the issue, I think my, my issue with the, their time traveling was any changes basically makes a multiverse, right? Um, but I think Sorcerer Supreme, I forgot her actual name. Uh, she stated that it only makes a change if there's something major change. So like I think if uh, Infinity Stone changes or uh, is misplaced or whatever, right? That would explain the whole like, oh, if a multiverse is created. But at the same time, the Hulk, when he stated something about like, well, if you change anything in the past, even the slightest, it'll create an alternate timeline. And so that becomes an issue of like, well, wait, Captain America stayed in the past does that not make a different universe like what constitutes as breaking the multiverse well obviously we know that loki has the uh uh the tesseract so yeah that's that's basically going to be an entire cocktail of different top splinter timelines but then based off their logic that they stated themselves but which one's which like how much is enough to make a multiverse i think that was the issue and especially with captain america staying back in the past while like wait how much of it has actually changed now? Yeah, it's like, was he living in a separate timeline? And if he was, then how did he get, or did he just live? Yeah, I don't know. It's not clear. Basically, and else somebody brought up, does that mean he just like watched like all those like terrible events happen? Like he knew 9-11 was coming and he couldn't say anything about it? Like, <laughs> That's the thing is that like, well, if he said anything, that would make a different timeline, make a different exactly. timeline. It could be worse, blah, blah, flashpoint paradox. Somebody, I saw a meme, speaking of time travel, I saw a meme that brought up the idea that the reason 2020 is so bad is people keep going back in time to try to fix things and then it just makes it worse. <laughs> like, people, like, you notice how we heard about more murdered hornets and now we don't hear about them? Somebody oh, went yeah. and fixed it and now something worse happened. <laughs> I know, I totally saw that meme. And then somebody was like, well, wait till you see the, uh, like, some other crazy animal. I forgot what the analogy Human is. Human eating rats or something like that. Yeah. Can't wait well, for that. Rats are cannibalizing each other in New York. Yeah, we're next. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, honestly, I think, so Endgame, I'd give it more of a thumbs up. What would you say? Just I know you said turn off your brain, but if you had to give the time travel usage a thumbs up or thumbs down? Um, thumbs down. Okay, so we're mixed on that one. So some of them we agreed, some of them we disagreed. Some of them we put thumbs down on both. But uh, I think, honestly, a good concluding note is the movie Looper. Uh, you've seen Looper, right? Yeah, I liked it better than Juno because I remember that was a major discussion between me and my friends. <laughs> That's so random. Juno and Looper. You could not find two more random, unrelated movies. Was it Looper? Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of Jumper or something. Oh, Never mind. Okay. Different one. <laughs> Juno and Looper. Oh, my God. That's a, good, that's a good double feature. But there's a scene in Looper where Bruce Willis is talking to his younger self, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt is trying to figure out time travel stuff. And then Bruce Willis is just like, look, we can sit here mapping out everything about time travel all day or we can just accept that i'm here and you're here and fuck it and i think at the end of the day that's kind of 
at the bottom of the line with a lot of time travel stuff you have to do. Some does it better than others, but at the end of the day, just trying to be entertained. And if you're not bothered by huge gaping plot holes or inconsistencies, then God bless. I mean, at the end of the day, every different universe develops their time travel a little bit differently. They, but that's the thing is that it's like, do they stay within their realms of explanation, right? And so the thing is that if you throw an interstellar, they also do time traveling. But they don't say it's time traveling. They say that you went to a different dimension, which interacts with the pre- with a different timeline. I actually never saw it. I've, I've heard mixed things. A lot of people trash, say it's the worst Chris Nolan movie. A lot of people really enjoyed it because of like the, the mindfuckery of astrophysics. But that's the thing is that like, well, we don't understand fully different dimensions. And you see like there's a, a voice in the background. When Matthew McConaughey went to a different dimension, but he never sees who is producing that sound, but he's able to then to interact with a past timeline with him and his daughter. Mm. And so, well, that's technically time travel, but it's a different interaction. So at the end of the day, it's, all right, who does it? Who explains it in the most creative way and can stick to it without making it feel like, what did I just listen to? Or is this going to be the C word that you don't like to hear? What's the C word? <laughs> uh i'd rather not say at this point but yeah <laughs> yeah i was confused uh but anyways yeah uh it's funny you mentioned watching doctor who because i think all this like effort we went into explaining time travel doctor who does none of that it's entirely just fun stuff and they're like ah we can do this just because that's how time travel works and there's no explanation in a lot of that shit <laughs> yeah so, so i mean at the end of the day it's like well whatever you can enjoy yeah exactly time travel so overall verdict, it's uh, it's done a lot. Depends on the franchise. Uh, maybe in the future we could use it a little, little bit less, right? I think it's overdone. It's an overdone motif at this point, like AI. I kind of agree. In media. As, yeah, as long as they do, like, if if they nail it, that's one thing. But if it's not nailed, then maybe let's think of some other ways to write a character. <laughs> and that's the thing is that like, well, nobody has the answer to time travel, in general. Not yet. And. So everything is sci-fi. So at the end of the day, it's well, like how you said with Looper, with Bruce Willis, you said we can figure that, figure this out all day, but it's just time travel. I'm sure Elon Musk will randomly just be washing dishes and then think about time travel and just be like, I figured it out, just like Tony Stark. <laughs> no, he'll be watching his AI robots doing his dishes. Yeah, it's true. That's the only, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, this might be our longest episode. Uh, we're going to have to rebrand it the Days of Future Past debate, but uh, thank you for listening if you made it this far. All right, take care and stay safe, everybody. All right, thank you. Bye-bye.